All right, on today's Locked on Ole Miss podcast, we talk a little bit about the win over Dayton and the emergence of Deshaun Ruffin. So look forward to that. And we have a nice long preview of the Sugar Bowl. All of this and more on today's Locked on Ole Miss podcast. You are locked on Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right. Welcome to the show. Um, Ole Miss was a 10-point win over Dayton. They won the game 76-68 in a big game, a big win indeed. We're going to talk about that today. Before I get started, I do want to tell you about this show is brought to you by Sonos. Today's episode is brought to you by Sonos. Sonos is the official sponsor of ESPN College Football. Go to Sonos.com for more information. Now, my take is simple. This team is better with Deshaun Ruffin on the floor. And the stats over the last two games kind of prove that out. Um, basically, you have a bunch of players that perform a certain way when he is there or not. He adds an added dimension to this team and makes them more effective. Against Middle Tennessee, you have a situation where the same guys, the usual suspects, performed like they always do. But Deshaun Ruffin got 12 points in 13 minutes. And that provided the distant difference in the game and allowed a 10-point win. Against Dayton last um, Saturday, Deshaun Ruffin gave 19 points in 17 minutes. You have a player that is performing at a more of a more than a point-a-minute clip. And it is allowing the other players that are performing, to be fair, the same way they always do. They're doing the same stuff. Jamin Brakefield, nine points. Jarkel Joyner, 12 points. Um, Nassim Brooks got 16 points in that game in 36 minutes. But here comes Deshaun Ruffin with 19 points in 17 minutes being the difference in the game. They're starting to be a rotation put together. And I think as a pitch count, it gets pulled off of Deshaun Ruffin once he gets healthy. Once the splint comes off of him and he becomes more natural, he's going to be a much better player just in time for conference play. Thank goodness for that because he provides something that we all wanted going into conference play, and that is hope. So, I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do in the future. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be it's going to be fairly special, honestly. Um, and I think that he's going to drop 30 points sooner rather than later in SEC play. I mean, that's my take on, on Deshaun Ruffin and this basketball team as a whole. is a completely different animal with a um, functional Deshaun Ruffin. He provides a spark that without him, Ole Miss doesn't have. Nobody can replace him. I mean, Jamin Brakefield, Matthew Morrell, Nasheer Brooks, all those guys are really special. They can't provide the spark that Deshaun Ruffin does. I can see why this team was constructed this way. Because without him, the same problem of basically shooting yourself cold and, and scoring droughts, it, it existed just like last year. And you're like, oh, we got all these players coming in and we got the same issue. 
Then when they put Deshaun Ruffin on the floor and he starts going to the basket and doing all the things, he's like a little bit of a microwave. He's only five foot nine. He's a little bitty guy, but he is fearless around the goal. And because of that, you're going to get open shots outside. Now, you're going to eventually make them. If Deshaun Ruffin's playing, Ole Miss is going to beat a big boy this year. That That's going to happen. There's... Too many points, too many, too quickly. He can he can allow you to catch up. He's going to hit thirty points against somebody, and Ole Miss is going to win the game against a team that is ranked higher than them, because he's that special of a player, and you can see him kind of getting into shape. But once he gets the splint off of his shooting hand, and you can see it right-handed, they're going. He's going to be better from three-point range. And then whenever that starts happening and they start have to, having to respect him doing that because what's going to happen is they're going to sag back. He's going to have to make a couple of three-point shots to force people to come out and defend him. Um, as soon as that happens, um, it's really going to open up the defense and it's going to open up other players on the Ole Miss roster because they're just sagging back towards the basket right now and you have to kind of shoot them out of this. So it's a pretty good thing. All right. Coming up in the second segment, um, we talked to Josh Neighbors from Locked On Big 12 about the Ole Miss Baylor Sugar Bowl, about 17 minutes worth. Um, so stick around for that. Bowl season is here, Ole Miss fans. Basically, you can set up entry and handle daily fantasy through prize picks. Use promo code Locked On for, for your entry. Prize Picks is the leader in college sports daily fantasy. It offers more college football and basketball props than anyone in the world and offers the all-star players of the Power Five as well as the mid-major players you might not have even heard of. Prize Picks offers any prop you can think of. In basketball, you can play points, rebounds, assists, threes made, or more. All of your users that deposit and use the promo code LOCKEDON will get a 100% instant deposit match of up to $100. Just use promo code Locked On. Basically, you pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times. On any entry, it's just you versus the projected numbers. Prize Picks allows multiple sports. You can take the over on Mahomes and the under on um, LeBron James. Use the award-winning app for the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. So, Prize Picks offers safe and fast withdrawals. That's Prize Picks promo code locked on for your entry today. Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here of Locked On Big Twelve. Stephen Willis of Locked On Rebels. We are going to preview the 2020, I guess, what, 2022 Sugar Bowl, 2021 yeah. season, what happens in the on the first day of 2022 uh, between Baylor and Ole Miss. This is part of the uh, Ultimate College Football Bowl preview that we're doing here for Locked On. So this is a pretty interesting matchup because this is one of those where each of these teams had really impressive seasons and um, nobody feels like they're being snubbed from the college football playoff. Nobody's that concerned about opt-outs. So it's pretty significant. I would say Stephen, for both, both programs. Yeah, it's very, very significant. Now, when you look at these schools, but also the Ole Miss is the high flying offensive team and the big 12 team is actually the ground and pound like LSU yeah. from 
2012 team. So it's a nice stylistic difference between the two teams. I'm expecting a fairly good game. Yeah, it's also interesting. You know, Lane Kiffin has had an affinity for former Baylor assistants, right? I mean, he's had Kendall Bryles and Jeff Levy, who have both both were both coaches at, at Baylor. And obviously, that, that's a you know tumultuous time in Baylor's history. But like you mentioned, that's that's when Baylor was known for that offense, right? The mm-hmm. Bryles tree, their offense, uh, you know, one of the uh, more innovative and successful, and still successful right now in the college ranks. So I think that's kind of an interesting wrinkle to this matchup too. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. Like Jeff Lebby is actually coaching in the game before he goes to Oklahoma. Right. So that that's how personal he is taking that mm-hmm. kind of because he just wants to coach against Baylor, which <laughs> I found to be fairly interesting. Right. Um, but the weird thing is this after five years, this has kind of become the Lane Kiffin offense. Mm-hmm. Now they bring the Baylor guys in to install the guts of it, the tempo and things like that to get in the offense. Then he kind of goes away from it because after year one at Ole Miss, they, Randy Clements was on the staff then. Joe John Finley was on the staff. They moved on. They were hired outside of the Baylor tree. So I think mainly the Baylor hire is for install purposes and then mm-hmm. kind of Lane does his own thing with the offense. Yeah, and you know that's the other interesting part of this too is there's two coaches here who were, for different reasons, rumored for head coaching head coaching jobs um, elsewhere. And it's just because of the success that, I mean, you know, 10 and two at Old Miss, I know it's a school that aspires, you know, to, to those, those heights, but it's really difficult in the SEC West. I mean, that is the, is the toughest division in all of college football. There's no question about that. And what is the first, uh, 10 win regular season in, in program history? Mm-hmm. Um, this, this game is in a lot of ways going to be a celebration of that for Ole Miss. Yeah, I, I think so. If Ole Miss wins this game, it's the most games won in a season in Ole Miss history. Mm. As, as storied as they were back in the day. Now, a lot of that is because they played nine regular season games. Right, right. So whenever they were really good and just would beat everybody, it, it just didn't matter. They didn't play enough games in the season. But 11 regular season games, the Sugar Bowl, which means so much to Ole Miss fans and the Ole Miss program. I think Ole Miss is in position this will – be third in appearances in the Sugar Bowl history, or and maybe if they win the game, they'd be second in wins. The game means a lot to um, Ole Miss fandom from back in the day when um, Ole Miss was going to the Sugar Bowl fairly consistently. So I, I'm looking forward to see what that means. When I get down to New Orleans, Ole Miss, get, Ole Miss fans are going to party. It, it's going to be a party. They're going to drink New Orleans dry. Um, so I'm looking forward to that to see if that bleeds over into the game. How are the players going to react to it? I think they're going to be excited. Like you said, no opt-outs for this game. And with them being that excited, is I'm curious, just this could be a really exciting game on both sides, even the Baylor mm-hmm. side of the coin. This could be a really well-played and a really exciting or excitement-filled bowl game for a non-playoff game. Yeah, and and that is the one thing also we want to touch on is the fact that you know it's a unique spot because these guys they're playing, and we saw in the year six bowls last year the the big one that comes to my mind was that A and M North Carolina game. I mean, we got a preview of Sam Howell's offense this year because none of the skill players wanted to, wanted to be involved in that game last year, which was you know is you know that was such an off uh, fun offense to watch. That's not the case. And I think, do you believe Matt Corral really set the tone for that when he said, no, I'm, I'm going to play? 
Obviously, a guy who is a first-round talent is going to be one of the first, at least in my opinion, three quarterbacks probably taken. I'd, I'd say he, Sam Howell, Kenny Pickett are probably the three that you're going to see uh, have a good chance to go in that first round, uh, You know, at least two of those three. Do you think he kind of set the tone with that and, and everybody else followed suit? Yeah, I think Matt Corral is um, probably the greatest leader of a quarterback in Ole Miss history. Mm. Whenever he he said we all need to get vaccinated, and the whole team mm. got vaccinated, so everything plays off of his um, decision. He he has such such a control because he leads by example, and he's such a good player, and he just buys into everything that's going on inside that building, which you don't see in college football very much these days. And it's going to help him whenever he advances to the next level. But yeah, I I think it was his decision and he led those guys down the road because we could have had opt-outs. Last year we had Elijah Moore and Kenny Yaboa opt out of the Outback Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, it, they, there could have been easily um, some outbacks or, or some opt-outs this year with like Sam Williams and some people like that. But no, none of that seems to be happening, mainly because I think this is the Sugar Bowl, too. If Ole Miss right. would have gone to the Peach Bowl, it might have been a little bit different. Yeah, and, and it's, you know, once again, I'm, I'm never going to knock those kids for doing it. Their future is the most important thing. Jake Butt is a great example of what happens sometimes, and I know it's freak accident, but that's a guy who's going to be an NFL player. And I still think he's had a nice, okay NFL career, but, you know, tearing an ACL going into a draft is not is not a great position to be in. Um, I will say this. I'm a huge, I'm a massive Matt Corral fan. Um, I think he was known as kind of the wild card, a big armed kid and, and, you know, all talent in the world. But I will say this, and I think the Tennessee game is a good example uh, this year. The good, the kid will do whatever it takes to win, like whatever it takes to win. And they, I thought they ran him way too much in that game. Uh, he was clearly, clearly, not operating at even close to 100% as that game continued, stuck it out. And I think that's what you're talking about. Like, he is one of the people, and, and from everything I've seen at Ole Miss, from Ole Miss fans and just kind of people, you know, on, on Twitter that I follow that, that are fans of the program, that he is beloved. I mean, he's absolutely beloved because of that leadership and because he does not seem to be he, – he does have a little bit of a cocky streak, sure, whatever, confidence streak, but, like, it also always does seem to come back to the team. Like this is not a guy who's who's out there on an island by his own. This is about the group. It's a, it's about the collective. Yeah, it's kind of a weird thing, but I think the Tennessee game at the end of it is kind of what cost Matt Corral the Heisman. Yeah, when he got hurt uh, because mm-hmm. the next three or four weeks he wasn't quite a hundred percent. Everybody was allowed to pass him in the ranks, so that probably cost him the major award by him going completely all out and giving absolutely every grain that he had against Tennessee. And it was needed. That game was needed. And it it was something, it was a huge win. And, but the important thing, whenever um, he kind of got hurt, whenever that happened, is you saw the emergence of the Ole Miss defense. Mm. And I think Ole Miss gave up over 20 points, like one time um, for the rest of the season or something like that. And, those guys building up and you saw a team start to really gel together. Now I I'd hate to know, or I'd love to know actually um, (laughs) what this team would look like if Matt Corral would not have gotten hurt against Tennessee because if that Mm -hmm. defense improved, I mean, you're looking at probably, you know, 11 and one Mm. because they they wouldn't have lost to Auburn. They heck they had 
five trips in the red zone. Anyway. That Auburn game was one of those where yeah. you're like, Lane, take – because in the end like, of the game, I mean, they would have been within one score if they'd kicked the field goals when they needed to, mm-hmm. right? And, they, and right. that was one of those where it's like, I understand. I, I, I under, We all get the analytics, man. We get mm-hmm. it. But, like, at some point in time, you know, and at that point, we're all under operating the assumption that your quarterback's not 110%. Like take the freaking points, man. Just take them. Yeah. They're giving them. Just take them. Just take them. He got carted to the locker room. I right. Mean, <laughs> it's crazy. But if there's a chance, Ole Miss should have won that game. And but mm. the analytics and we, I always joke with people. Lane has a couple of games a year. He did it with Alabama and Auburn this year, where he plays the game like a twelve year old playing Madden. Right. And mm-hmm. just that's just going to happen. And yeah, I mean it. Is, it was one of those things. It is what it is. You yeah. take the good with the bad. Right. Yeah, yeah, with Lane Kiffin, you do. And on the opposite mm. side, you know, just get a little bit here about Baylor. What a season from Dave Aranda. They go two and seven his first year uh, at Baylor. And I always say this, um, he is one of the most introspective coaches, if not the most introspective coach in all of college football. He was very um, harsh on himself about the staff that he brought in, made changes. Larry Fedora out. They bring in Jeff Grimes from BYU. They bring in Eric Mateos, the offensive line coach. Their offensive line was one of the worst in all of college football in 2020. In 2021, it was one of the top 25 there towards the end of the season. Do they have top 25 offensive line talent? Probably not. They performed that way. Yes, they did. They got steady quarterback play all the year. Their defense, and I'll stick by this, the best game that Baylor played all year was the game against Oklahoma. Where, And I, I think, you know, there's a chance that maybe this game plays out that way because of how good of a coach um, Dave Aranda is, but a week after getting torched by Chandler Morris, back quarterback from TCU, goes for 500 yards. They they respond by going up against Oklahoma and the presumptive Heisman favorite of the year in Spencer Rattler, and also a midseason kind of weirdly Heisman contender in Caleb Williams, and they beat the brakes off them. They could not get anything going on offense, um, and they made life miserable for them. And that just shows you that this team bought in he really did make the changes he needed to make. Um, they had Abram Smith, who was a converted uh, linebacker at running back for them and was one of the, one of the best uh, running backs in the entire Big 12 Conference, a conference that is deep at running back. Every single team in the Big 12 Conference has good running backs. And so for them to get to these heights this year and to achieve what they did was a testament to Dave Aranda. It was a testament to the team buying in and and the changes that he had made. So. I think that is where I look at this game and I say, these are two teams that are great stories, right? This is an Oklahoma State. And congratulations to them for making a New Year's Six. But Notre Dame and Oklahoma State were both teams that had a potential shot at the college football playoff and they're outside looking in. These are two teams right here that really did accomplish, like, they reached about all they could this year. I mean, you know, I know you said, yeah, Ole Miss could go on 11 and 1, but, you know, kind of in the end, like 10 and 2, I mean, that is, mm-hmm. if you look at the roster and look what they had coming into the season, Ten and two is a maximization of talent for for uh, for Ole Miss, and I would say you know Baylor going what was it uh, ten and t- eleven and two, whatever it was, uh, is a maximization of talent for them also. Yeah, I, like I said, this is one of those games that's going to be a lot of fun because Ole Miss is in the role of the traditional Big Twelve team, Baylor is in the role of the tradi- traditional <laughs> SEC team, right? And I think um the offensive line coach from Les Miles, there's there's it's kind of like you talked about Dave Aranda. They just kind of leaned into that LSU from 2013 when he first got there and started building that as opposed to the chaos 
of trying to create the 2019 LSU team because I think that's where what he was trying to do in mm-hmm. 29 or in 2020 last mm-hmm. year. Um, but you can see them just it, it's it's really cool. It just really is. I, I like Dave Aranda. Um, I think he was the heart between, behind that 2019 LSU team. People don't talk about the defense enough. That defense yeah. had to be good enough to win, and they were they were top thirty, and they, they played awesome uh, d- towards the back end of the season, and they basically did their job. Like they, you know, they didn't have to do everything, but mm-hmm. he coached a championship level defense, and that's not one of the best defenses that LSU's ever had. No, because LSU's still trying to figure out play volume because that's the first year they really did tempo, mm-hmm. and you know, so Dave Aranda had to figure that out. As well, and it, it, it was a phenomenal job by Aranda. Yeah, and so in this game, Baylor uh, one point favorites. Uh, this game is on New Year's Day, I believe. It is at eight forty five Eastern time as the start time, so seven forty five for all of you Central folks out there. Um, and I, I think, from what I can tell, I'm not sure how many opt outs Baylor has in this game, but um, I think the the spread is interesting. Um, with, you know, just being at one point, Vegas seems to think this, this game is pretty much a toss up. And I do believe it's kind of this high powered offense uh, going up against a month or whatever, however long it was, you know, nearly a month and, and dozen plus practices of Baylor being able to say, all right, what are we going to do to shut down Matt Corral? What are we going to do to shut down? Because this Ole Miss offense to me, while it is high powered, it's not, it doesn't have the horses that's had the outside. I know Drummond's been awesome, banged up during the year at some points. But, like, this is a team that I, I feel like the the guys in the backfield are almost a little bit better than the guys they've had outside this year. Yeah, um, all the all of the receivers and the tight end got hurt in the middle of the season. Right. I mean, yeah, it, it was the weirdest thing. So whenever they were all clicking at the beginning, they were all clicking early in the year. Um, and you started to see them come back against Mississippi State. Um, mm-hmm. at the end of the year yeah. so they'll all be back for the game um jonathan mingo is a big piece um mm-hmm. in that wide receiving group to go with Braylon sanders and Ontario drummond casey kelly will be a surprise at the tight end position to pay attention to but you're right about the backs this team was built around jerry and ely that um henry parish and snoop connor they're just the three-headed monster back there and People don't realize they they assume Lane Kiffin and this Baylor offense, and they're like, "Oh, this is just throw it around the yard." It's this not. team this team runs sixty sixty five percent of the time, <laughs> and I mean they've led the SEC in rushing like the last two years, and it this could be a fun game. This the tempo is what Ole Miss really is going to try and do in this game. They're going mm-hmm. to try and go really really fast. Baylor wants this game to be twenty one to ten. 21 to 14. Yeah. If, if it gets in the thirties, you start to wonder if Baylor has the horses to actually keep up. It's, mm-hmm. So it's going to come down to who can impose their will on the other team. Is it that low scoring game that Baylor wants, or is it a game in the thirties that Ole Miss wants? Yeah. And let's make some picks here. So I think Ole Miss going to win. Um, I just think this group's, I think they do get kind of that 30 number. I think they got a lot of time. They'll be fresher. And I think they can catch the Baylor defense early. And, you know, I'm not sure if, if Gary, I think Gary Behan should be able to play, but maybe they roll with Blake shape and it's going to be an open. I think it might be an open competition going into the next season. Uh, Gary did a good job this year, but Blake is, you know, pretty able, competent quarterback. We saw it in the first half of their big 12 championship game. So, th- you know, they might get both guys some run in this game, but I'm going to go with Ole Miss winning this one. How about you? Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to take the rebels in this game. I think they're going to get, about a touchdown. I'm thinking 
Uh, I, yeah, I'm kind of right in that in that zone as well. Stephen, where can people find you and the show and all of your work and its variety? Yes, I'm on the I'm the host of the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. Um, we're available wherever you can find podcasts, and we have a YouTube channel that is currently being built. So whenever that's up, you'll get email you'll get addresses on that on my Twitter. You can find me as you see below at the Stephen Willis, and I'm still waiting for the Locked On Show Twitter page as well. You can find me at Josh Neighbors underscore. You can find the show at LO Big Twelve. You can find Locked On Big Twelve wherever you guys get your podcast and on YouTube. Stephen, it has been. All right, Bet Online has you covered all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march to the playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for sports action all this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2021. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Yes, have you heard about Built Bar? That's Built Bar. Basically, it's a tasty treat that tastes like a candy bar, even better than a candy bar. It's a built bar. It's built with so much holiday goodness, rich in decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, and net carbs, along with fat. It's also high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. So many flavors you'll have a hard time choosing. We have raspberry or mint brownie or cherry or double chocolate. So many different things are available for you. You friends with Santa, tell Santa to throw a few Built Bars into those stockings with so many flavors, they'd make anybody's Christmas morning a happy one. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off of your order. Again, go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. That's Built.com. All right, that was Josh Neighbors from Blocked on Big 12 talking about the Sugar Bowl, Miss and Baylor, coming up in about, let's see, less than two weeks. So the down and dirty is going on with preparation for that game. Looking forward to it. Um, looking also at the game, I'm excited about, like, I don't know, the difference between a Matt Corral and a Kenny Pickett. Matt Corral, who wants to play this game and do what all he needs to do versus somebody that doesn't want to play this game. People talk about how bowl games are exhibitions, and they are, but they're no more exhibitions than non-conference games. If you're a quarterback and you played against, say, Western Michigan, you should play in this game. This is just an end-of-season non-conference game. If you played for Georgia against um, Georgia Tech, you should play in the playoff. You know, it, it's a, just another non-conference game. If you played in all these other things, Kentucky versus Louisville, this is just another non-conference game. All the records matter. All the stats matter. Um, everything is no different than a non-conference. They basically made this a fifth non-conference game. So play in the game. That's what I'm saying here. So anyway, um, tune in. 
Um, thanks again for making Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Make sure you listen to the Ultimate College Football Preview in 2021, local experts, betting advice, and draft analysis. Most comprehensive college football playoff preview begins Friday. Um, so whenever you're dealing with that game, when you're dealing with the Sugar Bowl and, and, and different things, like Charles Cross from Mississippi State is opting out and declaring for the NFL draft. I get that. But in the age of NIL, in the age of the Austin ruling, when you're actually getting paid to play, now the school's not paying you directly, in case, except for the Austin case. At Ole Miss, they're getting paid directly. And there's no opt-outs at Ole Miss, by the way, just so we're clear. But whenever that happens, you have a choice with your legacy. Do you want to be known as a hero of the school? And what's going on? Or do you want to be known as a mercenary? Matt Corral has a chance to cement his legacy in a way that few others can touch. I mean, there's four players in Ole Miss football history that have an argument to be on the same stratosphere um, that he has a chance with the win against Baylor to hit. It's 11 wins overall. Now, because of that, you don't opt out. You don't know what's going on. Because he's trying to compete against Archie Manning, against Eli Manning, and against Chad Kelly. Chad Kelly has better stats than likely Matt Corral is going to hit. So leadership is his pathway to being known as the GOAT. And his leadership is by far been the best we've seen at Ole Miss possibly ever at least in a public sphere. But because of that, he needs to put up numbers against Baylor. Baylor has a good defensive team. I'm really looking forward to this game. This game has a chance to play out a lot like the Tennessee game as far as defensively. But with Ole Miss's receivers being back, it could turn out to be in a good old-fashioned shootout. If this is a game that gets into the 30s, like we talked about in the preview with Josh Neighbors, I don't think um, Baylor has the horses to be able to put up that many points, especially against this defense that does things a little bit differently. It's funny to see a Baylor team that is essentially playing like an LSU team from the mid-2000s, one of those old Les Miles teams. That's what Baylor's playing like. It's, it's interesting to see that. Defense, offense, you know I mean, it makes sense. And then you have the Ole Miss one that is playing like a mid-2000s Big 12 team to where they are just completely fun and gun. Just massive numbers coming up. Anyway, thanks for making Locked On Ole Miss your first listen every day. Please tune in tomorrow and we continue to talk about the Sugar Bowl. Um, now make your second listen, Locked On Bets. Your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on bets. Hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. And remember, be patient with me this week. Um, I've got three radiations this week. So those things, times could shift. No telling what could happen um, this week's going. But it'll start to normalize after that. Once we get into bowl week, we'll start to hit there our normal time, and then once we get after the new year, it will be live. So 
That is the plan, at least. Um, so tune in for that. Thank you for um, listening. Thank you for watching. And hopefully our Locked On YouTube channel comes in um, some point this week as well. So um, tune in for that if it happens as well. well. We'll figure out a way to disseminate that information and get it to you real quick. Um, also, as soon as we get the Locked On Ole Miss um, YouTube channel. So thank you for tuning in. Um, thank you for everything that's going on. Be patient this week. It's going to be a weird one. I've got three radiations in the next four days. Um, so it's going to cause me to, you know, to flip when I, um, video what's going on. And it's also going to cause me to pay attention a little bit less than I normally would. So this is going to be the weird week. So, um, thank you for your patience on that and, um, in doing so. I hope everything works out well, and I hope you enjoy the show. Hotty toddy.